Hello team, it's Fab here, founder and head teacher at All Marketing School and your Marketing BFF. I want to remind you that there is a special invitation for you to join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Get certified as a positive impact strategy and make people fall in love with you and your work. Reclaim your time, understand the marketing foundations with a positive impact spin. If you are a marketing freelancer who wants to raise the quality of services and do more with less, or maybe you are an early stage marketeer ready to invest to gain real experience in building a strategy with purpose, or you're a marketing leader who wants to be recognized as a go-to expert and tackle new growth challenges. Whether you are beginners or whether you have some confidence into your strategy, we want to support you. We want to help you achieve your strategic goals, toss confettis in the air, and blast your favorite hype song as you get through eight incredible weeks with me and the rest of our faculty. Think about our certification as marketing training at university standards, not prices. So if you're ready to join us and you want to check out our incredible curriculum, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash certification. I repeat, amschool.click slash certification to find out more and learn what you are going to go through in our eight weeks. From marketing foundations all the way to leadership and storytelling skills, we're also going to cover strategic marketing blocks and advanced marketing tools. Plus, you get workshops, hot seats, group work, and even timely panels with incredible experts in the field. So what are you waiting for? No, I mean it. Our next cohort is starting real soon. So make sure that you head to amschool.click slash certification to come and join us and learn how to market to hearts, not to brains. Welcome to Alt Marketing School. We are currently bringing together a new wave of marketers, just like yourself. We want to provide you with the skills to speak to your audience perfectly, empower clients with winning strategies to market their brands, champion their values, and make a positive impact in the online world. My name is Fab, and I'm your host. May the class begin. Oh, hello team, and welcome back to Alt Marketing School. In today's episode, I'm so excited because I get to chat to two incredible humans instead of just one. So double trouble, if I say so myself. And also, it's the first ever episode in which we introduce Old Marketing Pro. So if you are Old Marketing Pro member, you can access a selection of members-only questions. And they also include two amazing books and even an extract read by Harriet that you wanna dig in. So if you are an old marketing pro member, then you know where to go. But if you're not sure what I'm talking about and you're like, Fab, what is this matters that I'm hearing of? Then go to oldmarketingschool.com slash join to join all marketing pro and become the marketing pro that you're meant to be. And with that, you're gonna access our first ever member only questions for Joe and Harriet. In the meantime, I shall tell you what else you're going to hear today. So if you don't know Joe and Harriet, Joe and Harriet are the founders and hosts of the Anti-Hustle Hustle Club. Joe is also the founder of Motion Nutrition, the stress, sleep and energy supplement brand. And Harriet is a freelance copywriter for purpose-driven brands. I had so much fun talking to those two 
and it was such a jam-packed conversation and we span through across so many topics that I really struggled to find a title for this. But I really hope that you're going to love it. I hope that you're going to get some inspiration from this and also that you are going to get more conscious because that's what definitely what came up for me, becoming more conscious about my consumption of content, the power of storytelling and so much more. All that's left for me to say is enjoy this and may today's class begin. Hello, squirrel friends and hello, squirrel friends. I'm really excited when I get to interview not one person, but two people. So thank you so much, Joe and Harriet, for being with me and for blessing me with a double trouble of guests. I am excited <laughs> to have you guys. Of course, it's so great to be here. Yeah, super happy to be here. Can I ask you a question, actually? Because I have a co-host, Becca, for one of them for the for the weekly session that we do on Mondays, where we talk about news of the week. But usually, I would do interviews on my own. So, can I ask you? Did you naturally know, or do you naturally know, when you're interviewing your peeps for the podcast, who goes when, and you kind of have a flow for it? Because it looks so effortless when we did it, and I was like, "This is great." Or do you actually have like visual cues? There are winks that I cannot see. How do you make <laughs> it happen? Because to me, it will be a nightmare without physical cues on Zoom. I will struggle so much. So, tell me your secrets before we start. Oh no, we have to reveal our secret now. <laughs> okay so we actually do plan who is going to respond to each question so just to make sure that the conversation is completely balanced we take it in turns to ask the question and then the other person responds to the question because we we record with video off so like you say it's impossible to know if the other person is going to speak and I think when you are recording audio only I think it would be really like annoying to listen to if you're constantly overlapping each other. So without the visual cues, I think there's that, that's just the way that we work it. And it seems to work. And actually, when I listen back to the recordings, you can't actually tell that that's planned. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it, if yeah. it does anything, you fool me. You know, the other thing is like when we started, when we kind of like built the plan for it, it was like, well, yeah, this might this might be a bit scripted and maybe we're overthinking it. But also, like, we're asking for people's half like half an hour of their time or like 35 minutes of their time. Like, we don't want to waste anybody's time, you know. It needs to be like you need to get good value and you know, it needs to be entertaining. We can't just be sat there going, mm, uh, uh, and interrupting each other. That's boring. I love that. And I think it's one of the things as well, being able to remember, like sometimes we forget that, like, you know, whoever's going to come to the podcast as well is going to make that time to be able to share the knowledge. And again, that's why I think, and you do the same. So I'm going to give you props again for that. It's just being able to handle things with professionalism, even if I've known Joe for quite a while, is a nice thing because it reminds people that, you know, we're going to make the experience as effortless as possible. And I think there's still a bit of a misconception about running a podcast. And obviously you're dealing with humans and people. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's always hard. You always need to make sure that, you know, you learn as you go about the things that people assume or they don't assume or they don't know how to set expectations. So I think it's really, really important, actually. You know, the thing is, it's super trendy to be like really blasé about stuff. You know, it's like 
uh, in high school when like all the guys have like messy hair, but actually they spent half an hour like getting it just perfect messy. Like I feel like everybody who runs a podcast well and who's successful in running a podcast is doing that. They're they're just pretending that everything's like you know super smooth and effortless and very casual, but like everything is really really thought thought through and thorough, thoroughly planned. I like the word blase. By the way, I'm gonna use this word of the day. <laughs> Today's word is gonna be blase. So thank you, Joe, for that. <laughs> Word of the day, done. <laughs> Team, actually, we don't need to break any ice, but I thought, you know what, we're going to still break the ice. So I'm bringing you two fresh questions just to get us going. And since I got two guests, obviously, I'm going to say maybe who I would like to answer first for these ones, because they're a bit more, you know, kind of simple, I guess. So the first one is one of the ones that like to stir the pot, so to speak. So I like these ones. Uh, starting with Harriet, maybe. What is the biggest piece of advice or the biggest tips or the biggest misconceptions almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, either about marketing or business, I'm going to give you either because I know what you do with content as well. You disagree with and why. So what biggest piece of advice about marketing or business you disagree with and why? Obviously, your podcast comes to mind as well with all you do, but it might be something else that comes to mind. So Harriet, first, what came into your little head? Okay, I think from a business perspective, that you have to be cutthroat to succeed in business. I could not disagree with this more. And actually something that's given me a real fire in my belly (laughs) about this conception is that I was once told that I was too nice to be a manager. (laughs) And um, (laughs) and I, I just couldn't believe that because actually in my first, when I was first a manager, I managed a team of 12 people and I was 23. And I still get people from my team messaging me to say that I was the best boss that they ever had. And I feel like the reason that they say that is because I put the people first and I prioritize their well-being. Um, when I came into the job, we, we all did shifts. And so the first job that I did was to make sure that they had adequate time to rest in between their shift work. And that was such a simple change, but no one else was doing that before me. So that was my absolute one priority. It wasn't like chasing data. It wasn't chasing numbers. It wasn't looking at their productivity. It wasn't, you know, getting them to work harder. It was thinking, okay, what is what problem can I solve here? Everyone is miserable. And there's one reason for that is because everyone is exhausted. And so the first thing I did was I fixed that. I made sure that everyone had adequate adequate time to rest in between their shifts. And as a result, they came into work much happier. They were more productive. The team morale was better and we achieved better results. So yeah, and so I've kind of carried that through with me throughout my career, whether I'm managing a team or not. I mean, now I, I don't have a team, but I work with clients. And so my priority with with them is always to be nice. And I think that optimism can get you really far in business. And actually, you don't have to be cutthroat. You don't have to be nasty to get ahead. You don't have to, you know, use your elbows. I think like what I want to be remembered for and what I want to be recommended to other people for is that I am a nice person and that my heart's in the right place. And yeah, I think you can get great results from being kind and being a good person. There's so many things that I want to kind of pull and like and just like throw with happiness. But one of the ones that the question that actually you asked within the conversation about what do you want to be remembered for? And I think 
that that impression that almost that feeling that you can transmit to that you can give people from the interactions that you have with them is such a big thing whether you're the manager as you say whether they're working with you and it's such an important reminder of of the way that you know we will actually be in people's memories because we will you know people might not remember what you say or you know the, the you know the saying or what you do about mm-hmm. how you made them feel so mm-hmm. I really love that and I, I cannot agree more I think there's so many things that we feel we have to follow we have to do obviously that's what the anti-hustle hustle club is about as well yeah exactly and I just think we spend so many hours at work and so you might as well work with nice people (laughs) people that you get on with and have fun with it as well it's just like I think you know the there's a misconception about business that you have to be cutthroat and it has to be very serious and I don't get it I just I, I don't get why it has to be that way you know why you know I think we all have a choice of how we want to be and act in work and and how we want to respond to people that we work with and yeah I I just choose to be nice and I I don't see that as being a problem (laughs) I love that Joe we're following up from that what came what came into your beautiful mind what is the piece of advice you disagree with let us know okay that was a really a local answer and I'm not going to match it but um there's something that I, I just keep seeing it and it's it's often the things that are just thrown around and just taken for granted that really irritate me. And one of those is that, you know, to get started in business or to make progress or whatever it is that you're trying to do, you should surround yourself with like-minded people. Like people say this all the time. And yet we know, like everybody knows whether it's, you know, it from your gut feeling or from actual scientific research that progress is made from mixing different types of people different cultures different backgrounds different ages different sexes like everything as much as you can mix the more creativity that you're going to get if you can mix different people people from different industries you're going to get creative output so it really irritates me when people and it's often successful founders that say this you know they'll say oh my top three lessons for getting started and and it's like one of them is surround yourself with like-minded people and I'm just like you haven't thought that through at all. You're just saying that because you've heard it somewhere else and you're just repeating garbage because you want to make a, th- uh, you know, a three bullet point list on LinkedIn or on Twitter. And it's just super painful. You know what I was thinking about as well? And I would love to hear Harriet's thought about it because I, when you just said it, Joe, what I thought about was actually the people that come from a different background. I have this conversation with my husband a lot. Sometimes I bounce some ideas off him and he's a, he's a designer for a magazine. So completely unrelated, but because it comes from a different background, he's external. So people that actually might bring a controversial point of view or might ask you questions that maybe somebody that thinks exactly like you are as in you're in your same path won't ask. These are the ones that really make you think and sometimes make you like double, like double down or like turn around and be, wait a second. Actually, I never thought about it this way. So that's what I was thinking. I agree with all of it because I see it a lot. And I know that's how, especially like when it comes to an industry, we tend to try and group around. But to me, it's also an element of the these people, these interactions, these relationships might bring different questions, might bring a point of view that we would not be able to access otherwise. So I really, I agree with that and I can see why it can actually make a massive difference. And it's funny that people, it's kind of, we know, as you say, but we, as maybe because it looks cooler, we really don't mention it. Harriet, well, have you experienced that as well? Because it's something that I think a lot of us think about, but we don't, we don't acknowledge sometimes. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that you brought this up because 
I think I actually wrote that the other day about an event that I'm working on. It's it's an event with like-minded friends. And I'm just like, no, why am I saying that? We just say it. It's like, um, we say it without really thinking about what we mean by it. And it's I attractive. Think it's, you know, it we like, sounds we, nice. We like, we like familiarity. So, you know, we yeah. think we like, we're going to like people that are like us, but we, yeah. we also are intellectual beings and we like yeah. challenges and interesting conversations, not just nodding and agreeing. Yeah, I think, and actually, like, since knowing you, Joe, you, if you disagree with something, you are the first to say that, like, you're very honest in a good way. Like, you, I think you need that. You don't always want someone to agree with you and say, yeah, that's, that's a good idea. You could say, I think your, your responses often are like that, but what about this, you know? But I'm kind of thinking from, like, from a friendship point, point of view, it does help to surround yourself with like-minded people. For example... I have really bad anxiety when I'm in a crowded space. And so when I find myself in a crowded space, if I'm with like-minded people, there tends to be a better understanding in that moment of what I need. Um, And if I need to leave that situation there and then, it's a lot easier for me. Whereas if I wasn't with like-minded people, that situation would be harder. So I think I totally agree with like why you're bringing that up. And I think in business, you're absolutely right. It's important to surround yourself with people who do have different ideas about things and different approaches, because I think it's a good opportunity to learn. But yeah, I think there's, there's a certain context to it. But that being said, I think if you are with a friend who perhaps doesn't have that understanding then again that's an opportunity for that person to learn so yeah I guess yeah I guess it's always a good thing isn't it to surround yourself with different people because that is the best way to learn it's almost a reminder that nothing is really black and white and sometimes yeah with something because we think that's what's right we might rob ourselves from the opportunity to try something new and different and it's kind of funny because I was obviously thinking about your podcast and I was thinking about the conversations and the stories that you're telling there obviously I was very humbled to be part of it (laughs) so if you want to hear us like chat again a bit more that's definitely where you want to go as well but also what I love about it is that already from the few episodes that you've had talk talking about different perspectives the different stories and different peoples that you have approached I think is so interesting because if I talk about the anti-hustle hustle club and then you read the blurb, you think, oh yeah, it's going to be conversation from business coaches or from CEOs and from the same people. And it's like, no, no, no. We can actually talk to different people, different founders, different people with different experiences and expertises and share how actually their own experience has made them realize what needs to change. And I think, as you say, it's almost like stop having that tunnel vision. So I wanted to ask you, because I know that I kind of like jumped in and be like, oh, I would love to chat to you guys. But how do you actually find the right people? How do you approach them? You know, obviously still early stages, but I think storytelling is such a big part of the podcast because it's really showcasing these people. So I'll let you choose who wants to start with this one, if it's Joe Harriet, but I would love to hear the thinking behind and how you choose your guests and their stories. Uh, sure. Yeah, I'll start. So to be honest, with great difficulty, not, not just because it's hard to find people, but it's hard, it's hard to find people that are different you know we are as much as I love to say you know find different people and surround yourself with different people it's difficult and that's the way that life has evolved and it's been really emphasized by algorithms and echo chambers so you I'm glad that you think that there's diverse guests because looking at the first five or six I thought you know we have a lot of like ad industry folk here and there's definitely a danger of us of us kind of you know just 
digging further in that rabbit hole and having more more people that may look or sound different but actually have very similar experiences you know kind of oh yeah gone through burnout had a really hard time took me a couple of years and then I worked out I need to change things interesting story but it's nice to have different points of view how about somebody who's just starting off and actually has seen that and has the awareness of of it and wants to do something different I think Diana was great for that because she's quite young but um always looking for different people is tricky because if they're not in your network, the hardest thing might be that they might disagree with you. And I would welcome that and seek it out. But for the other person who doesn't know us, unless they've been personally recommended, it doesn't sound like a very nice hour to spend on a podcast with a couple of people you never met who are probably going to disagree with you. So it is difficult. It is difficult. But you, you have to just embrace reaching out to people. You know, we've, we've certainly reached out to a load of different people and most most of the people we've reached out to have been incredibly positive and really um, welcomed the idea. So that's been really cool. Also, I'm not sure if Harriet wanted to add anything else as well, but if not, I've actually was thinking about something because I love what you mentioned there. And I understand because sometimes even I try, it's kind of bad to say, but I need to be conscious about the different people that I want to find. And it's almost like there has to be a common thread because obviously People will come to the podcast for a reason, but it's really interesting. And maybe, I don't know, Harry, if you got something to add related to this, actually. On your point, Joe, I was I was on Twitter and somebody was saying, has anybody got a marketing podcast that is a bit different? I've been listening to the same. It looks like it's the same episode from the same podcast all the time. And I was like, well, we do have, you know, the weekly news allows us to always touch on something different because there's always something new coming up. So that if you're interested in this kind of stuff, this is what all marketing school does. And I was like, it's actually true because of the amount of content that is out there and the amount of stories and the amount of podcasts is almost like you want to have the thread, but also having a different point of view and different almost stages of the journey, as Joe mentioned, allows you a bit of that differentiation. And I find when it comes to content, especially audio content, especially right now, can be really, really hard to find that sweet spot. And mm. I guess it might be me, but that's how I feel about it. Yeah, no, it is really hard. And sometimes all it takes is for someone to respond to one of our stories and then I'll connect with them and then just carry on like connecting with them and talking with them. And and actually it turns out that they do have a really good story. And I guess that's how communities grow in a really organic way. And that's something that we are also trying to do. And actually it might be something, this might be relevant to say about how the podcast actually came about because Joe was the one who actually set up the Instagram account and I was just obsessed with it, <laughs> was liking all the posts. And um, Joe and I had never met, but I just messaged him and said, I'd love to do something with this. And I basically said to him, I'd love to create like a beautiful coffee table book with stories from people who have taken an anti-hustle approach to life. And then we kind of worked backwards from there and we were like, okay, well, what do we need to fill this book? We need, let's say 50 interviews. Okay, so we're gonna interview 50 people we're going to record these interviews. So, okay, we might as well turn that into a podcast. And then that might be a really nice way of growing this community in a really organic way, because with a podcast, you know, if you like it, you're going to share it and then your friend might listen to it and then they'll share it. And then that's kind of like the approach that we took. And that's how we bring our guests on as well. At the end of each interview, we do ask our guests, is there anyone that in your community that you think would be good to come on the show? And actually, we have got a few guests like that, like uh, Daniel Crosby in the podcast today. That was through a recommendation. And it's just it's a really nice way of growing it. And yeah, so it's a combination of recommendations, people in our own community 
and also looking at people who are engaging with our posts and and connecting with them and having a conversation with them and finding out what their story is because because actually like once you have once you reach out to someone they they always want to talk it's like when you go to the hairdresser you know you open up to your hairdresser so much. And I think that we're kind of almost creating that with the Anti-Hustle Hustle Club, because when we reach out to people, we've we've almost created this space where people feel comfortable to talk, which is kind of like a byproduct of what we set out to do, but it's an amazing one. And I'm really happy of, you know, about where we are now and, and sort of where it's going. And we've got some amazing guests lined up, which is super exciting. Can you give us a sneak peek if you were to say one that you're really particularly excited about? I'm really excited about um, Tom Deere. So he is the founder of a coffee brand called Daybreak and he's a graphic designer and he set up Daybreak. Um, It's an adventure inspired coffee. And if you just follow him on Instagram, the posts are incredible. The photography is amazing. Um, And I would describe his posts like, you know, that first sip of coffee in the morning. It's just like, it just stops the scroll. It makes you feel calm. It makes you feel like you've got this. (laughs) Um, And I just think the copy he uses in his captions is on point. His whole messaging is is on point. And yeah, I can't wait to have a conversation with him. Is there anybody else, Joe, as well, that you're quite excited about? Yeah, talk about marketing. Next week, we've got uh, Ollie Risco, who's um, a multi-career CMO. Definitely portfolio career is, is probably how I'd describe him. He's been CMO at Mojave, you know, the slipper company that all of you listening will have seen on your Instagram feed for sure. He's He was one of the originals at Heckles. And if you have bought Aesop, chances are you're now buying Heckles. He's now involved in a electric car company that's taking old classic cars and turning them into super nice electric cars, uh, marketing for them. And he's got a, his own company called Good Candle, which is just an awesome, fun company where 10% of sales not even 10% of profits but 10% of sales go to different charities and just very interesting person in terms of not too big on self-promotion but incredible in terms of ideas and output and uh, yeah just he, he, he was the first to actually say nah speak to other people I'm not that interesting and I'm like no 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 let's scratch that a little bit you have a lot of things to say I'm sure you do so I'm looking forward to that be honest you're, you're good at, at literally scratching it out of people <laughs> which now i'm also doing the sound of scratching so if anybody's imagining that uh, so i can see that and actually you know what it's kind of what i love about where you're going with this and obviously the stories that you know we're going to listen to in the podcast as well it's just that reminder of the power of creating these connections and i think i was thinking about 2021 almost bridges 2022 obviously not just for the companies that i run but also as a marketer I think, and I want to hear your opinion, obviously, because I think everybody's different, but when it comes to the online world, because that's the world we've lived in a lot in the past year and a half, there was a time probably pre-pandemic and around pandemic where education became something people were still consuming a lot of educational content people wanted to learn, especially lockdown from soda bread to anything else. And I think maybe it's me, maybe I'm I'm out, out of energy for that. But I find that I'm seeking a lot more connections. I'm seeking a lot more stories. I'm seeking a lot more that type of inspiration. And I don't know if it's just, again, me, because I would naturally first be the person that likes to learn. So it's almost like I'm shifting my interests. But I was talking to a few people and they had a similar reaction when it's like the content they engage with the most, the things they make time for are the connections or the stories, that kind of type of inspiration that connects them with human beings. 
And I don't know if it's also a byproduct of what we've been going through. So talking to storytellers Fab, and talking to people. Fab, that is actually the original like reason why I, you know, so how I was talking about, I had started the Instagram and um, got some artworks done for the Anti-Hustle Hustle Club before I knew where it was going. So I definitely needed Harriet to create that momentum. But the original thought behind it was back in like March, April of 2020. I mean, it, it I was like sick of it. And I mean, like almost physically like uncomfortable sick of seeing all these like hustlers going, you know, oh, you've just had six weeks stuck at home, like, and you haven't started a second business or you haven't written a book or you haven't learned a fifth language like well time's not your problem then it's obviously a problem with you and your, your commitment <laughs> and i'm just like fuck you man like it, having more time on your hands does not mean you need to learn more stuff like it means you have more time to enjoy your day and and you know whether if, if that means you want to read a self-help book or write a self-help book knock yourself out but that is not what everybody wants to do. And like, it's okay to just have more time. So that is actually the, the original thought process behind this was like uh, enough, like enough with this, like always more, always learning, always teaching bullshit. Like I, I was so sick of it. Yeah, I, I completely can relate to that. And that's probably why I like the Instagram account so much. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like I am at saturation point with with all of the content that I that I see and I, I am trying to only follow people who are connections and that I truly value and want to keep in my life for whatever reason that is or it's the storytelling element you know I follow so many amazing photographers and brands who are amazing at storytelling as well I was having a really interesting conversation recently with someone about you know the future of long-form journalism because I do a lot of work for Sidetracked magazine which is um, an adventure publication that comes out three times a year and they also have an amazing website and um and I think there is a future for long form journalism. I think we're kind of going full circle. And, you know, there was a period where it was like we wanted things immediately. But I think actually now um, people will take the time to read a long article, but we just have to be clever about how we present it. So we have to have amazing photography. You know, we have to use amazing fonts. We have to choose our words carefully and we have to display it in a way that is enjoyable. It's an enjoyable user experience and it keeps you engaged. So a lot of the work that I do is, you know, writing copy. I mean, I write copy for websites predominantly, but also it's the copy that you see in the captions and the storytelling element there, but also the, the copy that you see in stories. So it's thinking about ways of arranging words and visuals on Instagram that keeps you engaged and it is inspiring. Um, and, and also it's just how it makes you feel is really important. Um, I, I hate going on my social and if it makes me feel chaotic, I think I go, I want to go on my social and, and feel calm. Um, and I think storytelling and your connections is a way that you can get that from social media. Joe will know how bad I am at posting on social media. He's always telling me to post more um, <laughs> because I do find it quite chaotic. Um, but if there was more of that sort of storytelling content that does make you feel good, then I think I probably would enjoy it a lot more. 
It's really interesting, actually, what you just said, especially when it comes to the long form. I'm a big fan of long form, like my past is in journalism as well. So obviously I, I like, you know, being able to elaborate, but also think that then you create that connection and just random because we're going to talk about it. You know, we, you know, we talked about it in the news of the week as well, one of the past weeks, but LinkedIn Adamo Recording has just launched, which I find interesting. Uh, long-form content for company pages and I found it really interesting as a move and it literally echoed what you just said so you can see that also the, the platforms are realizing that there is an interest split between short form uh, video content and also that kind of longer form pieces that still people are looking for and I think it's interesting to see how sometimes we forget that as consumers or as audiences our habits will change and the way that we can actually you know engage with content will change and it's just as a marketer, it can be a bit exhausting to keep up with it because obviously it shifts massively. But again, in the past 18 months, there's been massive shifts. So it's understandable that we are trying to navigate um, this world that now has become so overwhelming and so, as you say, sometimes chaotic in a different way. Mm-hmm. So I really love that. I think some interesting things are going to come, I think, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, yeah I, I see more and more brands doing it, um, which is really exciting. And I think it's important. I, I like the way that we're kind of coming 360. And I like I've noticed, you know, people are starting to like resubscribe to long form journalism magazines. And I like the idea of people collecting their magazines again, like we used to. Yeah. So I, I definitely still think there is like a need and an appetite for long form journalism. It's just how we display it and how we make it more engaging and how we can bring photography into it as well, uh, which is something that Joe's doing at the moment with No Jack Media. Because he's a jack of all trades himself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just like to have fun and, and do different things but you know it's also interesting to see where like um where that long form is coming from I, I've noticed a lot of the big sort of health and fitness brands make like really big hires like um my friend uh, Ted Lane who was fitness editor at Men's Health is now in the house at Lululemon and there's a bunch of these things happening and that, that's just really really telling but even just from the as a consumer of written content it's painful to read media publications you know when on a screen when they when Mm. if their only method of monetizing your attention is ads I mean it's I just don't want to read it it's not worth it so it's um understandable why our attention would actually shift to other places where you know they're not so pressed on monetizing your attention that quickly it's more about getting you to hang out on the Lululemon website or the Nike website so that you know they know what sort of stuff you're into and then eventually they can make not just a 50p click sale but actually you know sell you 120 pounds pair of leggings or whatever it is so it all makes sense but it's it's definitely interesting to see those kind of big moves happening that was really interesting. And actually, I, I've seen that myself, so I can see that there's definitely going to be a hybrid version that I'm quite excited about. At first, I felt the difference. I was like, there's a lot more content coming out also from brands that usually wouldn't even resort in it. So mm. big changes ahead, which... Yeah. <laughs> we like it. <laughs> Thank you. So you much. like that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining the, the, the House of Madness. Uh, it was so nice to have you. And it was so nice to span across a lot of conversations and a lot of little nuggets. And it wasn't just about telling stories. It's about, you know, like grounding again. It's about like, you know, putting your attention where it is needed. And I think it's a good reminder for us as we are finishing this other media on top of another media 
and kind of really thinking about, you know, what do we want to do and what do we want to be remembered for as well, which is a big question we asked. Now, before I love us and leave us, remind us of where people can find out more about you and also about the podcast in case they want to listen to all the new and past episodes. So I'll let, I'll let Harry maybe go first and tell us a bit more. And then obviously, if you want to give us also your personal deeds, please do. Yep. So you can find us on Instagram at antihustle.hustleclub. And then we are also on Apple and Spotify podcast. So please go over there and subscribe and listen. And also drop us a DM because we love the conversation. And I'm on Instagram at Harriet Osborne. And yeah, my website is harrietosborne.com. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Fab, thank you so much for having us. It's been really fun. I am at Joe Wellstead on all social media accounts. And my company is at Motion Nutrition, where we help people deal with stress, sleep and energy. And my other company is at No Jack Media, where we do storytelling in the outdoors with photo and video production. Uh, but do come say hi to me at Joe Wellstead. Thank you so much for listening. Head to oldmarketingschool.com to find out more about the topics that we covered in this week's class. If you want to make your teachers happy, then hop onto iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Oh, and don't forget to spread the love on Instagram at Old Marketing School. Until next time.